and welcome to the Miss Saye Show. Today, I have the iconic Danny Simmons. He's a Tony Award winner. I love his art. It's uplifting, it's fun, and it's full of color, and it reminds me of Africa. Welcome to the show, Danny. How are you? Hey, thank you, thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm happy to be on. Uh, where, are you, where are you guys broadcasting from? Where are you Zooming um, from? I am currently Zooming from Virginia. Okay. That's where I am, and it's a snowing out there. It's snowing in Virginia yes, right now? Yes, it is a snowing out there. I'm in Philly, and it's nice and bright and sunny. Oh. It's a little cold, but, you know, you know, we got a nice sunny day. We might get the snow because it usually travels north. So, Yeah, well, my... I'm glad you have a sunny day. That, that's lovely. So what is it that you love about Philadelphia? I know you're very active there, and especially your gallery there. Uh, Philadelphia. It's a really friendly city so far. I mean, I, I, I miss uh, New York a lot, but Philly feels like home, especially the part of Philly that I'm living in. It's a neighborhood called Northern Liberties. It feels like my, my Brooklyn that I lived in for 30 years. So, you know, nice townhouses, a lot of art, a lot of artsy people. Um, but what it really brought me here was the opportunity to uh, create another gallery. Uh, we had two going in New York City, and uh, I really wanted to expand what we did with what we do with Rush Philanthropic Arts Foundation. Yes. And so I had a big show at a museum the year, and I started looking around the city, and I decided maybe I could, it's, since it's so close to New York, like an hour and a half, two hours away, and, and the real estate was at least half, half the price. I, I can imagine. My, yeah, I sold my brownstone in Brooklyn and bought my home and a bank. I bought an old bank and renovated it and turned it into an art gallery. So That's uh, incredible. Yeah, so I, I thought it was, a, I came here for, to create an opportunity to do what I did in New York for so many years. Lovely. So Rush Foundation, which is your foundation that you help children and youth through art, you were telling me a little bit about it before we got we went live, um, that you expanded now to Philadelphia, but it well, still exists in New York. It doesn't still exist in New York. Um, what, uh, we closed down both galleries when about two years ago. We, we, we didn't have the financial resources to run all three. And since I was here, um, I decided that this was, and it was new and the need was here. There's so much art in New York. And in the neighborhood that we moved to in Philadelphia, for miles in any direction, there were no art galleries, there were no cultural institutions. And so the need was here. So I closed down the ones in New York and really did more renovations, opened a second gallery here so now there are two galleries here. And uh, working in a neighborhood that's really underserved with uh, people with lower incomes and who don't have access to arts, who are really trying to make a difference in that neighborhood. The neighborhood's called Logan. And so we're trying to make a big difference in that neighborhood. The people in the neighborhood love us. The artists here, there were no artist galleries here doing what we were doing. So uh, it's, it's, it was an opportunity to expand. At some point, we might go back to New York, but I see going to more places like this where there are no arts, so we can bring something that's not there. New York, every other place you go, there's a million art galleries. Here, there, there wasn't. I hear you. Um, and about your style, uh, 
please correct me if I'm wrong, but I think is Neo-African Expressionism. Is that what it is? Wow. About 15 years ago, somebody asked me what my artistic style was. And I thought about it for a second. And, you know, my style is a combination of African art, uh, the, the influence, not direct, direct relationship, the influence of African arts and the influence of abstract expressionism. So I just came up with the term neo-African abstract expressionism because it's really a melding of those two things. You know, I, I, I know that the modernists like Picasso and Clay and all of them got their inspiration from African art and so did I. But I also got my inspiration from people like Jackson Pollock and Paul Klee and, and, and so many other artists. Uh, so when I started thinking about what I was doing, it, it turned out to be a sort of amalgamation of, of those two different things that came to my head. So Beautiful. Well, you have certainly have been leading the way and paving the road for many other uh, up and coming young black artists. And I see the sweater that you're wearing. I like it very much. Yeah, black says, Art oh, Matters. Yeah. Tell me about it. <laughs> um, yeah, I put this on uh, uh, to, to be seen in it. An artist of mine who I've worked with many times was named Willie Cole uh, mm -hmm. from Newark, New Jersey, uh, came up with this um, with this sweat a sweatshirt and, and, and logo. And so I, I'm supporting him, but it really is a statement about you know black art. So I, I really want to wear it today. Yes, I'm I'm so glad you did. It definitely making a statement, and you look good in it. And it, it, it's it's really catchy. I like it. Black art matter. Um, so tell me a little bit about, especially Black History Month. That's what I would like to focus on. And again, you are a leading force and um, you have been setting the bar high as a Black artist. And um, I want to know how do you use your art to cope with the injustice that goes around, especially for African-Americans in the United States? Well, first of all, you know, art really is something that uplifts people. So when you, um, when you bring art to the people, it, it, it gives them a positive attitude. So first of all, just having art in and around them is a, is a strike for social justice. If you put art in neighborhoods where it's not, you know, you're changing that neighborhood and you're changing it for the positive. So really, anytime you, you, you bring art to people who don't have it, you're doing social justice. We also have done a number of shows over the years focusing directly on social justice, um, you know, with, with artists who create art about social justice, not just the transformative power of art. Right now, I'm also curating, there's a magazine called Tribes, and they're doing a Black Lives Matter issue. So I'm curating art about Black Lives, the Black Lives Matter movement for that issue. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of ways that we're using art to uplift people, to to speak to the moment that's going on right now. Uh, there's a moment here in America, as you can see by all the things where there's a lot of moving parts and a lot of change. And the, our conversation in the middle of this is extremely important. So, you know, Black Lives Matter and art and social protest has to be a part of the conversation. And we at Russia trying to do it. Uh, we've had kids in our class uh, create protest signs. You know, uh, what do they think and, talk, and talking to them about what do they think about the protest. And what we're doing now is getting those signs printed and putting them out in the front of our, our building out in 
Logan. So, I mean, there are a lot of ways that we can use art uh, and that ex and expression to help the movement. That is beautiful. And uh, you talked about kids again. Um, I would love to hear more about the kids who are part of the Rush Foundation. Uh, you said that during COVID, you have been um, you have been doing more of a virtual teaching and classes. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Well, you know, since we were no longer able to. Um, since we were no longer able to keep the gallery open because of COVID, we were able to create several online programs. And one of them clearly was uh, teaching the kids on Saturday morning, like we had been doing. And so, you know, we have a teacher Zoom and we have kids from all over the country coming in and Zooming in and, and taking our class. And our, our director, Noah Small said, well, you know, a lot of these kids don't have a lot of money. And they were noticing some kids only had paper and pencil. So we started sending them art supplies at the beginning of each session. We do six week sessions. And at the beginning of each session, before, like a week before, we make sure we get the addresses and the parents' permission and we send them an art pad and different color pencils and watercolor things. So it's a, it's a little package that each kid gets so they can participate. And so every kid has the same amount and the same kind of materials to work with. That is great because that was my other question. I was going to ask you, I know art supplies are expensive. And uh, so how do you go about that? But it seems like you provide that through your foundation for the kids. Yeah, that was a great idea of uh, our director, Noah Smalls. He was like, listen, we don't want one kid sitting there with just a pencil and a paper and other kids sitting there with full art sets. And we don't want to create that sort of idea that there's inequity. So we want everybody to have the same thing and use the same thing. So, you know, he started that about two sessions ago and the kids and the families are really happy to get this stuff. And, uh, you know, we raised money for the arts. What better way to spend it? I hear you. Well, thank you so much for all that you're doing and you are impacting globally, locally from where you are in Philadelphia. That is yeah, beautiful. Hopefully, you know, we got kids coming in from California. We got kids coming in from all over the nation and not that many, but from different spots in the nation coming in and joining the art class. So we're really happy about that. And even after the pandemic is over, we're going to still do the, the virtual class to make sure that we touch kids all around the nation and around the world because the Internet is worldwide. Um. If I could have a second, I have a show that's up right now that people can zoom yes. in. Yes, yes, on the twenty, on the twenty third of this month, there's a gallery in Philadelphia called In Liquid. Uh, I did what is more than they have twenty paintings that I've done during the pandemic that all sort of tie together around the issue of of coming together in isolation and all the all the things that come up during that. So there are 20 paintings at this gallery called In Liquid. Uh, and if you go to my Facebook page or you go to the Rush, Rush uh, Arts Philly or the Rush Philanthropic Facebook page, you can find the link and zoom in on the 23rd and be part of our uh, reception. Yes, I have already signed up for that. And I am super excited because I've never toured a gallery virtually. So I'm excited to, you know, to watch it virtually, that is incredible. And these are the arts that you have created during your quarantine. During my quarantine and, and some of the poetry that I've created also, you know, I'm also a poet. So you're gonna hear a few poems that I've created during the quarantine also. 
Beautiful. Are you going to recite those poems? or yeah. how do you do Yes, I'm going to sit there on Zoom from the gallery and recite them. That's beautiful. I very much look forward to it, and I'm sure our audience would enjoy the footage as well. Um, uh, Danny, uh, I know that your art is being exhibited at places such as Chase Bank, such as United Nations. This is a huge accomplishment. And I would love to learn more about how is that process? How does your art end up being in such, you know, iconic places? You know, I, I'm not quite sure that this is really a process. Those places, you know, they, they're in the art world. They have curators and buyers um, who follow artists or follow art shows and they see things they like or they follow somebody's career and purchase things. But also, also some of those places, the art was donated, like when the Smithsonian, two years before the African-American Smithsonian Museum uh, in Washington opened, they reached out to me and I donated a painting at that time to be in their collection. So sometimes you donate, sometimes they buy, you know, it's, it's all different ways. But really, in order to do that, you have to be active in the art world and people have to be able to see your stuff. So, I mean, you know, social media is great now to be active, uh, but going to art shows and meeting people and talking to people and have your art talked about and the things you do talk about is, is important so people know who you are and say, well, this would be great to have in our collection. I love it. I love how openly you shared. Sometimes you donate, sometimes they buy. It's just like, like actors. Like for me as an actress, sometimes I work for free because I believe in the project. I believe in the message. I believe in sometimes I get paid, but I don't even like the project, but I know it's going to pay the bill. So it's just like, <laughs> you pick <laughs> and choose. That's <laughs> you have to pick, why am I doing this project again? Oh, this one I'm going to pay the rent, but that one I believe in, but this one I'm proud of. So we do it for different reasons. Um, and I often explain that to my friends that like, you know what? It's not that I am just sitting on the couch and I'm just saying, yes, no, yes, no. There's like a thought process going, why am I getting involved with the project? And I think as we go and grow older like me, um, we intend to do more meaningful and we value our time to be involved with things that are more meaningful and we're impacting our world, which it seems like you have been doing for such a long time. Um, thank you. Thank you very much. So one thing, I know that you said before you went to college because your dad told you so. So well, I want to know, <laughs> I want to know, do you regret it that you listened to him or no, are you not happy at went? All, Not at all. You know, my, both my father, my mother and my grandmother went to college. So it was what I was going to do in college. And my father said, make sure you do something that you can get a job at. And <laughs> right. <laughs> You know, he was not about me going to school for art. And um, <laughs> so I went to school to be a social worker. But one of the things that happened is sort of what I do with Rush is sort of social work. So, and I worked as a social worker for eight years. So it's really, my art practices comes from my art and my social work background. So no time was wasted in me going to school for social work. I hear you. Well, lovely. Well, you were very clever to go to make, make him happy by going to college, but still achieving what you wanted to achieve. I can resonate with that. Um, as an actress, when you run into a traditional 
Persian, um, older Persian traditional. And like they come and say, oh, you're beautiful. What do you do for a living? And I'm like, oh, I'm an actress. They're like, mm-hmm, great, great. So what, do you, what do you do? Like, what do you actually do? Like, what, clearly, make, what do you do to make money? Yeah, <laughs> clearly anything else is your hobby, but like, tell us what you actually do. So they don't take it seriously most of the time. Um, but right. you know, the more people, as you said, social media has opened people minds and people globally can connect with each other um one other thing i wanted to ask you i have been very active globally with uh, orphanages and refugee camps mm-hmm. and i see art and drama therapy as a very good channel to like open people up and allow them to express um if you had an opportunity to one of these days visit a refugee camp to work with these children how would you, you know, the resources are very small there, not, almost to nothing. How would you connect with them and how would you let them learn and express through well, painting or art? Well, listen, any of, I mean, if they have access to the internet, any of these kids can come and join our, join our, join our art club, mm-hmm. you know? So, I mean, that's one way. Um, also, we, you know, you can specifically fundraise around specific projects. So, you know, if there was a project connecting us to a refugee camp or, or something like that, we could raise, we could try to raise the funds to actually send someone there to work with the kids. But right now in the age of the internet, if they have a computer and they have access to computers, they can all join in uh, to the art classes every Saturday morning. That, that is great. That's, that's something to keep in mind, to do that also virtually. But what do you do like when you don't ha- when they don't have access to as you said the, uh, then, then we can try to figure out a way to raise the money to get teachers to get there. That is incredible. Well, maybe that give us an idea to collaborate at some point. Um, that would be nice. That, that would be, would be lovely. I would love that. Do you do yoga? No, Russell does yoga. <laughs> As the world knows, uh, I have not. I've done yoga a few times with Russell, but no, it's not. I don't practice. You don't practice. No. Okay, I was just wondering if you do yoga because I love yoga and I do yoga. And I was like, another way to collaborate is that we could have yoga and art because usually galleries have such a great wide well, space. <laughs> well, you know, we used to do when in, in our gallery in, in Brooklyn uh, a few years back. We used to have meditation and yoga before the art class started for the kids. So good. So the kids would participate in those. Right. They would do that. I mean, we would have the yoga instructor come in and she would do yoga with the kids and the teachers. And then they would meditate for a while. Then they would create art. Oh, so beautiful. So you're already doing what I was dreaming. we We haven't done that in years, but we did that for about three or four years in a row. That's incredible. That's beautiful. Every Saturday, they would come in and do yoga with the kids. Uh, thank you so much for sharing. What if other kids want to join your Saturday classes? How do they apply to see if they're qualified for that? Uh, there's, there, you know, um, when, 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 when this goes live, Naisha can provide you with the links and the applications uh, and the permission slips. They're more like permission slips that we can, we, can, we can give access to. So I don't have it right here sitting here now, but uh, the person that connected us together sure. can give you all that information so she can spread it, you can spread it to, to the people who listen to the show. 
That would be great. One last question I have for you. How do you get inspired? Like, do you like write, writers have writer's block? Does artists have artist block? And how do you get well, out of the block? Well, I really started painting second to my writing. And when I got writer's block, I started painting and it unblocked my, um, it unblocked my writing after a few paintings. I, I switched back and forth and they, they inspire each other. But what inspires me the most, I collect art and the art that I live with. Uh, I collect a lot of art. I, I talk to a lot of artists. So the constant immersion in art around me really is the best inspiration that I have. So staying involved. Staying involved, you get new ideas from conversations, you know. I mean, you know, right now we're in isolation, but there's so many ways to connect with people to keep the conversation going that you need to do that for inspiration. This is a period of time where people can get isolated and lonely and depressed. Right. And so making sure that you stay connected with people and talking about the things that you care about, in this case, art, is really helpful. I hear you. Do you have any encouraging words for black artists, for up and coming artists, inspiring artists? You know, the same, the same thing. Even though things have gotten better over the years for artists to be, you know, accepted into art galleries, it's always good to start something locally on your own, a salon in somebody's house uh, to show your art, join, join internet, I'm, I'm in a group called Black Abstract Artists where hundreds and hundreds of artists from all over the world actually uh, upload their pictures and discuss art. I mean, there are a million Facebook um, art art uh, groups. You should join those art groups and show your work. Uh, I've chosen so many artists from, my, from that group to be part of exhibitions uh, that we're giving at the gallery. So, I mean, like I said, it's, it's, it's really still Whatever you do, do, you have to be seen, to talk, to be involved, so people can see what you do. And if you're just doing it by yourself, then you'll sit there and look at it by yourself. <laughs> it's really, that's what I love you it. Have, you'll have, you have to be involved, even if you're shy. You know, put up the pictures and, and let people comment and take criticism and, you know, and, and engage in, 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 in dialogue with people. That's how you get out there. I know that human connection these uh, past connection. year made it even emphasize more that how important it is, that human connection. That's right. Uh, well, I am so grateful that I connected with you. Thank you so Thank much, you. Danny, for your time. Thank, for coming Thank you. To the show. I appreciate the show. Sending you lots of love, and I hope to see you soon in person. Bye-bye now. Bye, Danny. Bye-bye.